podcast is about productivity, how to become more productive, what is productivity, and how to improve your productivity. I'm Louise Traherne here with Diane Greenwood. And I'm going to start off with Diane. I think we've both had different stages of running a business and different levels of productivity. Is that normal for it to ebb and flow? Is that a normal thing? I think so. I think, you know, when you start a business, there are just moments of craziness where you just work so, so you just didn't realise you could work so hard, I think. Um, and it almost feels like a fight constantly, especially in the early days of how do I still have a life yep. and a business? Did you have a life? Did you manage to have a life outside business? Well, it's interesting, actually, because when I... One of the reasons I started a cleaning business was because I didn't have a work-life balance. Okay. <laughs> I had no idea what was coming, but yeah, that was the reality. <laughs> I had a corporate job. My daughter was 13. My son had already left home. And it was just that realization that if I didn't spend those last few years being a mum at three o'clock, then I would lose it. She would grow up and, and, and she, you know, I would miss. So one of the, my motivators was to be home at three o'clock when my daughter came home and she really likes to talk to Emma. She still does. And she, she won't mind me saying, cause she just jibber jabbers, but she used to come home from school and she just wanted to talk. Aww. And, you know, and if I wasn't when I'm in my job, I wasn't getting home till six, seven o'clock. So by the time I got home, she didn't need to talk anymore. Um, so it so one of the, the fights, I suppose, when I first started the business was, OK, so great. I thought I'm going to run this business from home. I'm out cleaning now. <laughs> I'm out managing a team. I'm still not home. So I had to really fight to rein it back in a bit and find a, a way of making it work. Uh, do you know, I had a very similar one. So I started it obviously when I was pregnant. And so I had a, a new baby and I really didn't want to work those long hours. And one of the things that I found very, very hard was I was almost, I don't want to say forced because I don't think anyone forces you. You almost force yourself. But I put my child into full-time nursery five days a week. And the hours at nursery were like seven till six or eight till six. I can't remember but they were long hours. And I did that for like two years and I hated it because I was like, I did not have a child and run a business for my life to be like this. I didn't want to outsource the childcare to someone else. That's not why I had a baby. And I really hated the fact that if I wanted my business to grow, there was a certain point in my life where I had to just spend that money, resent having someone else looking after my child. And then I had the real luxury of, yes, you do get this freedom and wonderful, but there were sacrifices along the way. Yeah. And I think it's it's finding, you know, it's finding the way that's going to work for you. And also, for, you know, and we talk a lot, don't we, about work life balance and not sacrificing too much along the way. So it's finding maybe that there are ways that you can mitigate it a little bit. So one of the things that I did with my daughter, as an example, was, yes, I would work while she was at school. But when she got home from school, I would stop for three hours and be the mum that she could talk to and make tea, help with homework, just watch a bit of crap telly together kind of thing. But then when she went to bed or she was, you know, because she was 13, so she wasn't going to bed early. But, you know, when she was then doing her own thing, I would then guilt free go back to work for a few hours in the evening, whether that's going out to a sales appointment or on the computer. And for me, that helped because I then thought, OK, I'm still working those hours, but I'm choosing to take some time off in the middle. 
So I had a slight, I did the same thing, but had a slightly different perspective on it. So I would work my nine till three once the kids were at school. And what I found was I was working nine till three and my business by this size got stage, got to a nice size and it was ticking along nicely. But in order to grow it, I needed to give a bit more. And I was like, oh, I got my life to a nice balanced stage and I didn't want to give any more. And so I then started working seven till 10 in the evening, three days a week. And I really wanted to do that. But I felt guilty at that stage saying, actually, I want to spend three extra evenings at work. Um, and so, but a quick question for you. Obviously, we have both worked long hours. Is it essential? Like, do you think you have to do that hustle? Do you think you have to do that to hit a sort of certain velocity before you get that nice work-life balance? Like, because you and I talk often about having this balance, you know, working on other things, developing yourself, and that's all great. But do you think you have to have gone through that absolute struggle before you get that balance? I suppose the reality is that both of us, that's how we have done it. So it's almost sort of like, well, kind of yes. Um, but I think you just, if you're going to do it, you have to, you've got to find the balance along the way. I don't think you can sacrifice everything. So if I hadn't have made those changes, my daughter would have grown up and left home and I would have missed, still missed out the three till six, you know, that after school thing. I may as well have stayed in my job because I didn't, I did it, I did it for the right reasons and then didn't actually make it happen. So it, for me, it's sort of like, you can't sacrifice everything for X number of years because things life moves on and and you know I know I we've all seen entrepreneurs on the tv haven't we or maybe on their third marriage um or they're estranged from their children you know this is what happens to entrepreneurs if all they focus on is the business so we're not here to sort of preach as to what business you should run but just bear in mind that life is still going on while you are working so hard yeah, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? And I think I definitely know I could have grown my business faster if I'd have given more to it at the right times. Hey, do you know what? I could do it now if I wanted to. I don't want to. I don't want to. Like, it will grow and it will tick along and it will grow nicely. For me, growing 10, 15%, 20% a year, I'd quite happily take that. And I think that's also a lesson that we have learned because we've been in business a long time. Uh, and also, you know, when you first start a business, it's actually much more exciting than perhaps later on when you don't get fed up with the business, but it, it wears you out. It can be tiring, can't it? And it's finding new ways every year to kind of like, OK, what does this year look like? And you've got to always make it better than the year before. But better doesn't always mean bigger than the year before, but it more should hopefully mean profitable but sustainable. And we talk a lot about building sustainable businesses and that can look different for everybody. A sustainable business might be three days a week. A sustainable business might be not working at all. It's, you know, whatever it I is. I say that you're working got, in France. You it, might live remotely. Yes. Sitting in France, running a business. It's, it's what's for you and it's not going to happen overnight. And, and, you know, it's, you can, you can achieve a lot in a year, but you can't always achieve from zero to a business where you can live in France. So there's going to be times when you're going to sacrifice, but you've got to know why you're doing it and also keep those little life things along the way. Don't miss out on things. No. And I think I, I do find it hard sometimes when I see people who throw everything into it. Maybe it's the right time in their life. Maybe they don't have kids. Maybe they don't have all these other commitments. And I look and I think, oh, I want to do what you're doing. And then I think, oh, well, I'll just get there three years later. Like, it'll be fine. We'll get there. And, so, and sometimes there's an element of patience there, isn't there? Of, do you know what, if I can build this business and it's going to take me longer, but I'm going to have a holiday 
along the way. I'm going to be there when my kids get home from school. I'm not going to miss the nativities and the sports days. Then actually, that's a better business in the long term anyway. Um, so let's talk about holidays. What's the reality for a new business owner and holidays? Is this because I'm going to be I'm going to fess up. I really didn't have many holidays for really the first four or five years. I'd be lucky. I think I probably had two or three holidays in the first five years. Uh, and when it, it depends what you mean by holiday, you know, we would go away. But was it a holiday or was I did I do some work while I was away? Yeah, so I remember we went to Eurocamp. It was our thing when we were younger. We went away younger when the kids were younger. We went away with some other families to Eurocamp in France, just outside uh, Euro Disney. And so we'd spend a couple of days there. But one of the reasons we liked it is it had good Wi-Fi. We were on the phone an hour a day, like doing that anyway. So ah, is it a holiday? And we only got to do that. So we did that two or three times and that was our holiday. And then we got a holiday. We went on holiday over Christmas because it was the only time the business was shut. And I was like, do we really want to go on holiday over Christmas? So um, I think this year again, I mean, I'm not so restricted, um, but I'm looking forward to going skiing around Christmas next year. Yeah. And I love a holiday. Um, But the reality in those early years was even if we did go away and we often went to France um, on holiday on the motorbike um, and we were in a different place every night most of the time. But always everywhere had to have Wi-Fi and um, I would be paying the wages. I would be booking sales appointments for when I got back. I would be managing team issues. So it was a holiday. I was out. of, I wasn't in the house, but I'm not sure that by an employee's definition of a holiday where you leave work for two weeks and you forget about it it was someone covers for you someone covers for you yeah it wasn't like that and and if you did and if you did try and take some time off you'd come back and there'd be a big long list of things that you had to change so yeah so holidays were always quite challenging but also you know now my sort of you know people ask you know oh I've not taken any time off for three years or something like that and I'm just like if you're an employee you get 5.6 weeks a year so if, if you can't have at least six weeks off your business is not serving you I don't think and I know that you know that's and I don't mean you have to go away for six weeks but take some you've got to have some time off because we need it as human beings to rest I definitely didn't get six weeks off a year I didn't get two weeks off a year like I did not stop like Christmas was the only time it stopped so I love that idea to say oh you can have six weeks off but isn't the whole point of being a business owner that actually you have to do things that employees don't but then you get the financial benefits but then I see people who are not getting the financial benefits and not getting that. And I'm like, go work for someone else. Yeah. Well, often the reason they're not having six weeks off, whether it's going away or just being at home and not working, is because they're not being a- they're not able financially to do that. So that's can be and early days, you know, that was part of the driver for the business as well. It's like, you know, I was supplementing the business by doing some cleaning, but I was also supplementing, you know, our life by actually not taking as much time off working more than that you know then so it's it's always that balance and and I don't know how you make yourself um sort of hustle a new business but I don't know that it's there's a there's a an easy answer to kind of go yeah I can I can hustle this business in two days a week I'm not sure that that's possible when you start out yeah you've kind of got to throw yourself into it absolutely don't you but then you've got to manage that burnout because you know, it gets to the stage and I don't know, I've spoken to you about this before. I don't think you've hit this. I hit the stage where I was like, I hate it. I hate 
everything about this. I hate it. I don't want to go in in the mornings. I hate it. I don't want to pick up another cloth. I don't want to speak to anyone. My A good day for me was when I just went and cleaned alone and I didn't have to deal with anything. And still I'd get phone calls. And I was like, I just don't want to do it. And there was one thing that got me over that hurdle because I wanted to jack it in so many times and and it wasn't a bad day that bad feeling would go on for two three months at a time and it would push me to the point I think I started applying I never actually sent off an application but I rewrote my CV and I was like I'm gonna apply for another job I don't want to do this and then the one thing that kept me going was sitting there and I looked at the finances and I was like oh it's all right money isn't it you know it's okay money and and if I can just get to the next hurdle if I can just get to the next goal I will make it. And I've expressed this lots of times. One of the things I loved about the DCBN was back then there was no one that was really smashing it in the industry. I was like, someone's got to be making it in my industry, someone. And they're just, well, maybe there was, but I wasn't aware of them. And this is what I like now about the DCBN. There are people out there that I can see that are doing amazing things and you're surrounded by them and you can interact and you can talk. But at the time I was like, please, someone, anyone just tell me this gets better. I, I think I've been exactly there actually Louise it was a long time ago thank goodness but yeah I've been absolutely there I've been on I went on the job sites and I yeah rewrote my CV and thought you know what I'm gonna get a job sod a lot of them yeah <laughs> I'm gonna get a job can't do this anymore and it was in the it was a, um, something had happened in the business where we'd gone VAT registered and some of my team and one of my managers sabotaged the business and we lost a lot of business and I was just like I'm not doing this anymore I'm just not doing this anymore I've put so much my heart and soul into it and yeah it's too too hard can't do it and thankfully um I sat down with two people that were working in the business and we kind of had a real heart to heart about it and they were just like we are with you and we we move forward and we restructured and that's why I'm less involved in the team and some of the day-to-day running because it hurt me at the time really hurt me um and yeah it's it's tough so maybe we all go through that but you're right you know the purpose of sharing this and you know god it was so tough and yeah I don't even like to think back to it but now I know that I did come through it and there is light at the end of the tunnel and it's probably just growing pains of a business. Maybe we all go through this. Well, uh, this is why I always say to people, if you want to succeed in this industry, even if you specialize in carpet cleaning or biohazard or even other industries, you just have to stick at it because all of us are going to be given problems and hurdles and you can call them what you like, but there are going to be massive pitfalls and all of us are going to want to quit. And some of us don't. And if you want to succeed, you know, to do what we have done, to be here 15 years later, I mean, that takes some resilience. And I can literally point at the places where I have had to, I mentally have had to go. I'm going to dig so deep for such a prolonged period of time. And I remember, similar to you, we lost a load of staff. And I was, again, pregnant. And I was like, I'm going to have to work 10 hours a day for the next three to four weeks, six days a week, and I'm pregnant. I was like, I, and I sat there with my husband. I was like, this can't be serious. Like, how long is this going to happen? And um, I was like, but in order to replace the four staff we've lost, it's going to take me four weeks. And I'm working 10 hours a day. On top of that, I've then got to recruit. And I was just like, help, help. And of course, I wanted to quit. And of course, I wanted to lose customers. But you just have to just go, I'm going to do this. I am going to do this. And we came out so much stronger, but it for those four weeks, I was 
physically dead and do improvement on top of that. The thing is that the key here is that you survived it, but you learned from it and changed things. And that's how you thrive, isn't it? It's and, and I feel like this podcast is not particularly motivational right now. But <laughs> actually, it's, you know, if if we've been through this, then there are other people that have been and are going through this. And I suppose the message is you you get through the immediate you plan how it's not going to be like that again and you make that decision and you change things and that's when you push through and you thrive and actually you know we both have businesses now that we mostly enjoy and you know it works really well and and you know it's more of a life lifestyle business yeah I don't think either our business is perfect yet um however you know it's nowhere where we were you know at that sort of survive point where it was like I've got to do this or quit that's the point where we knew we had to change things and turn things around. Yeah, and I think it still happens no matter what size your business is. Sometimes there's points, unexpected things happen. Um, like even in the DCBN, we went through an unexpected hurdle recently and, oh, did I want to quit? I was like, what's the point of this? What is the point? And But you go, no, no, I, I can capable of dealing with this and I'm capable of dealing with more and I am going to get up and I am going to keep going and I think sometimes it's recognizing what your goals are recognizing what your motivation is and also going you know yes like I think you need an exit strategy on a lot of things you do on everything you do but if you're not there yet don't jack it all in do not just walk away without a clear exit strategy so even if you do want to quit and this is what kept me going I look to other jobs you look at selling your business and if those are not good options for you then stick at what you're doing until a better option comes available if a better option comes along then maybe you should take it yeah and and a lot of this is like you know refocus what why are you doing this what are you focusing on you know put pictures on the wall whatever it is it's going to kind of keep you focused M- manage a bit of work life balance while you're doing it so hustle but don't hustle to the loss of everything else and yeah there is there is a way through and obviously that's you know that's partly why the DCBN even exists isn't it is to help others learn from our mistakes but also learn from our positive the good things that we've achieved and we can hopefully help other people do the same okay so let's actually talk about this because we've said you know I want to see what people can achieve so Diane tell me what did your business this is your chance if you want to to gloat what did your business actually give you why did you do it and was it worth it it's really interesting, actually, because when I first started my business in 2008, one of my big goals was, well, two of them actually were for my husband to be able to retire um, and for us to have a house in France. Um, and at the time, that house in France would have entailed selling everything in the UK and running a business in France. So running a gîte or a bed and breakfast in France. That was the original 2008 written down goal on the wall in my office um and yeah that was that was what I wanted my business to achieve I had no idea whether it was possible because I like you like you I had no example I had nobody to follow nobody you know I was on some forums online we didn't really use Facebook much then I was on some forums online and they all laughed at me when I said that I wanted to build this business because there was nobody else doing it fair enough so did you make it well I'm kind of sat in my house in France (laughs) Mark retired how long ago did he retire we were trying to work it out the other day actually probably about six or seven years ago 
And when you say retire, because retirement happens no matter what, you mean retired with you still giving as a in, good As in quit work, yeah. So he gave up his job. I mean, he's only 58 now. So um, he, you know, he, he just basically quit his job. He did a bit of work for us in our property business because we have another business. And now he, he's, I mean, you just seen him actually earlier, haven't you? Where he brought me a Delivering cup you a cup of tea. He's got all his work clothes on. He's out working and doing his workshop in the barn at the moment. But yeah, we, we kind of achieved what I originally set out to achieve obviously you know there's still lots of things that we want to achieve with the business and in life but fundamentally it delivered which is exactly what you want it's given you that work-life balance you're working where you want to you're working remotely you've got a good income coming in enough to retire on and that's that's what you want yeah that's that was the original goal like I said at the time when I set it I probably didn't believe in it properly but I still help made it make me focus because I thought even if I only achieve half of it, it'll still be okay. Yeah. So you made it. And mine's similar. So I I was a little bit different. For me, the nine till three was priority. And I do look at some of the other jobs sometimes that other people are doing. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. But no, I'm, I've stuck very much. It's always been about nine till three the whole of the way through. So it's been about bringing up the kids. It's been the perfect business for bringing up the kids. And... I wanted to move house. I've wanted to move house for 10 years. And last year I got to do it. And I was just like, one of the things that we've always been quite clear on a moving house, we're in a, for anyone that knows South Manchester, it's quite a, it's quite, it can be quite an expensive area. Um, and we're in a two bedroom terrace. It was converted into a three bedroom terrace. We did the loft. And for, I'm going to talk about real numbers here. For half a million, you'd be lucky if you got a three bedroom semi-detached. And we were like, what is the point? What is the point of it? Like, it's only a little bit bigger. Um, And so we were like, okay, well, what are we going to do? The houses are so expensive around here. And you're no running a business. It's hard to get a mortgage. And so we just worked our absolute butts off for such a long time. And we went, fine, we're just going to skip a few rungs on the ladder and we'll take on a renovation project and we'll do all of this. And so... I finally get, is it my dream house? Well, it's not yet. It will be. It will be, but it needs a quarter of a million spent on it. But it will be, we'll get there. And the business will fund all of that. And that's the nice thing. You get to the point where the business is doing all these things and giving that freedom. And I could do more holidays if I wanted to. Uh, There's other reasons why I don't. Like we've just got a new dog and God knows what else. And I'm taking on a renovation project, but I could be living a different life if if I hadn't chosen some of the more committed decisions that I have made <laughs> but and again and that's working nine till three yeah and and do you know what we, we talked on uh, the, the um podcast about sort of 2024 and you know about how we celebrate these things you know actually it's a massive milestone you know when we moved to here and actually we opened a really expensive bottle of champagne last summer that we've been given um for our wedding a wedding present 20 years ago and we we shared it with the people who bought it for us so um mark's brother and his wife and it was brilliant we didn't actually know how much the champagne was worth when we when we opened it but it was brilliant because it was we'd saved it to when they came to visit us in france so we we thought originally we'd, we'd open it when we bought the house in france and then we were like we can't open a bottle of champagne just us too we're going to open it when they come over and that's what we did like last summer so that's for us was quite a big point of we've do, got do you know what ours was so shortly after we moved in about three four weeks after we moved in my husband had his 40th birthday and we threw an almighty party and like just opened the house up and filled it with loads and loads of people and we just not really had the chance to do that. And then again, at Christmas, we had like 14 people staying at any one time. I'll be honest, it was a lot of work, 
but like <laughs> but we were like yes anyone you want come and stay we've got you know we have what three spare bedrooms so um and that's oh that is such a luxury and it's not a celebration as in opening a bottle of wine but for us it was like we can finally do that now we're about to destroy it all again we're building work but whatever um but both of us have chosen property though as a as a success is that really because that's not everyone's success is it no and, and that's the cars I'm yeah. not a car person yeah no I mean we've got we've got a big bus our seven seater thing outside it's not a fancy car at all it's just practical because we yeah. can use it like a van and also when we've got visitors we've got room for everybody um so yes yeah, it's, it's whatever floats your boat really isn't it I would rather have a swimming pool than a fancy car quite frankly <laughs> you know is we all make our choices and actually we were going to go away at Christmas and um, you're talking about going away at Christmas and I we wanted to go somewhere hot because it's it's colder here in in the in the winter it's just, just started want... snowing hasn't it yes, just started it's yeah, a little bit of snow today very exciting Mark came in all excited because we don't really get snow here but we were just looking at the prices of going away to somewhere hot at Christmas and went oh, I'd rather have a new kitchen <laughs> because actually that's the reality of how much it was going to cost and we are we are going away for a week somewhere else a bit cheaper but yeah you just make your choices it's whatever works for you if 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 holidays are you know what you enjoy absolutely that they can be your reward but it's it's what we're all different aren't we yeah, for me, I'm not particularly fussed about going all inclusive to Dubai or Barbados or wherever. Like, yeah, great. It doesn't really excite me. Whereas I'm like, whoa, I want to develop the house. And like, that's, I want to climb a mountain. I want the free, I've always wanted the freedom to go and explore and do those things. So um, anyway, we're back to productivity. Okay. Distractions, Diane. How important is it to work distraction free? Again, I think that maybe comes down to the person. Some of us don't mind working in a, an environment where it's noisy, but then some of us actually fool ourselves that having the telly on or having people around you is helping when actually it is distracting you. So, yeah, it's, it kind of depends. Do you know, so I find that quite interesting. So, you know, you often talk about eating that frog. There are tasks that you, I and you and everyone else probably hate doing, right? So do you know what I do? I So I don't watch a lot of TV, mainly because I can never get hold of the controller because someone else has always got it. But I, I've got all the channels on my phone. And so what I'll do is I'll sit in front of the laptop or I'll even take the laptop in front of the TV and I'll put on something, so probably something a bit naughty, like, you know, some trashy love and whatever's on at the time, Love Island, something else, something that you know, you just shouldn't really be watching because it's just trash. I was um, watching Married at First Sight when, when I was last in the UK without Mark. I can't you, there's it. a new series. I might watch that. But anyway, right. So I will put that on and then I'll pretend that I'm not working because what I found is most of the tasks that I dislike, actually it starts off the first 10 or 15 minutes are admin based, like write the title, set up the formatting, give a cover presentation, blah, blah, blah. It's really boring and it doesn't actually take a lot of thinking about it. And then we get into the thinking about stuff. But by the time I've done the 10 or 15 minutes pretending I'm not working um I'm going oh this is actually distracting me and I'll turn it off and then I'll get on with it but I need to pretend I'm not working in order to get started so you're trying to make it it fun or are you just trying to like, like literally pretend you're not working I'm literally pretending I'm not working I will literally pretend and I know 15 minutes later if I sit in front of the tv with my laptop I'll know that I actually do I I'm very lucky and I genuinely enjoy working and I'm a very motivated person so 15 minutes into it I'm like oh I can actually do this come on let's get on with it and I'll walk away from the tv um 
but I find those distractions really helpful. And if I don't take a break every 45 to 50 minutes, I can work for up to two hours, but then I'm so burnt out that I won't go back to it for three or four hours. So there's no point in me doing that. And also I cannot work, right, for more than three hours a day. You know, when you really study, you're really being creative, you're really writing. Like if I am really absolutely focused, it's a three hour a day maximum. I can do, you know, updating things, you know, telephone interviews, all the other things that don't, aren't as taxing, but solid hard work is only three hours a day. Yeah. So creativity, it's it's three hours and then that's your lot. Do you yeah. find, you know, because that's a sort of a like almost distracting yourself to make you do some work. Do you like set a reward for yourself? So if I do this, then I get that. Does Is that a sort of productivity tool that you No, because I'm big into rewarding myself at every point or anyway. <laughs> As a reward, what would I give myself? Chocolate or like I would I give myself lots of rewards like so for me yes but like you know how you were saying earlier people get their nails done or a massage well I'm booked in for a massage every four weeks no matter what anyway I am all about I I genuinely believe I work very very hard so I'm I've got the reward scheduled in so I don't need those for me the reward comes from yes yes I actually did it it can get sort of for me the crossing off the to-do list is like I love that because quite often the bad ones have been on there a week or two and I even stop writing them on there because I know I've got to do it oh, that's what I don't like that's why they're frogs because they jump from one priority list to the other and you just yeah and what and about you do you do you reward yourself no I, tr- I tend to prioritize so I tend to prioritize so when I know what I've got I've got a list of things in my head usually and I'm just like if I just get them written down I can then start to make sense of them and plan when I'm going to do them and I always try and start with the frogs but I also avoid the frogs of course I do you know I'm, I'm a human being um but also there's something I, I try and sort of rank them in terms of okay this is important but is it urgent um and you know it, it might be urgent but actually is it important could I pass it on to somebody else and really try and narrow the list down because I think I'm fundamentally quite lazy I just want as small a list as possible but I also like the endorphins of ticking off a list so it's sometimes I'll write a list just for the sake of being able to tick it and normally this big thing that we're avoiding um it you, you actually feel really good when it's done like it wouldn't be there we wouldn't be doing something we hated that much unless we really really genuinely wanted it done or it's filling your tax return or something like that but even then you feel great once it's done because you go, oh, look how much I'm being taxed. <laughs> I've been paid. Yeah, I'm not sure I feel great when it's done. Yeah. But actually, if you did it sooner, you would be able to plan for the tax. So, you know, leaving it until January and not knowing how much tax you've got to pay, it's not necessarily a great reward. Whereas actually, if you knew about it in July, then at least you'd, you'd have time to plan. <laughs> yes. Yes, I totally agree. <laughs> What are we on now? <laughs> like I've got about two weeks. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm with you. But, you know, the, the reality is that if we plan for it, it's actually easier. Um, but sometimes those, you know, knowing that we've got so much going on it's, and it's all in our head just causes anxiety and overwhelm and actually getting it out of your head and onto a piece of paper or a, a spreadsheet or however you want to do your list. That can be helpful just in itself, can't it? Yeah. So I like a bit of planning. I'll tell you when I don't plan. So you know how you do your like 
I plan, try and plan the night before. If not, it's first thing in the morning. I rock up and I have the worst memory known to man. So I turn up and I'm like, I haven't got anything in my diary today. And then I go, oh, oh, there's quite a few things I'm supposed to do. So I have to spend the first 10 minutes, like literally then planning out my day. And then I go, oh, there's too much for me to even fit in this day now. This is silly. And then I will plan it out the rest of the week. But um, I quite like, like, my husband teases me going your memory is terrible it's terrible but what that allows me to do is I forget about the stress of whatever I'm dealing with because I just forget so um like I don't know if it's actually something that my body has just created to help deal with the stress that I just forget until I have to remember again (laughs) so you just look at your diary in the morning oh this is what I'm doing today oh yeah like this morning I was like oh three quotes yay okay then I'll get on with it and like yeah, but I didn't have a clue until I looked at my diary. But is that because you kind of like variety anyway? And because actually, if, you, if you're if you not paying attention, somebody's going to fill your diary. So you've kind of got that luxury of somebody else is going to book those appointments for you. Whereas actually, if you're the one that has to pick up the phone that morning, you're going to need to get more on your game. And you probably did in the early days. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm lucky in that they just turn up in my diary and I don't have to do anything. I'm just like, oh, here's a diary slot. There you go. Fill it in. Um, yes, I guess it's different now because actually I don't have a choice about being productive. No one's going to cover for me, but equally, I don't have to make the choice to be productive. I've just got to turn up at an agreed time. Yeah. So, um, distractions, like them or loathe them though? Um, it depends what I'm doing. If I'm doing something quite, you know, numbers focused, I hate distractions because my brain can't focus on that and the distraction but if I'm doing something creative I like some music on in the background I might even have Netflix on on my Kindle while I'm working and doing something creative so it it depends what you're doing um and the biggest distraction is kids mummy 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 but then they soon grow so you know you'll miss that distraction when, when does this growth happen? When does this get like, <laughs> we're teenagers now. <laughs> you still got a little way to go. My daughter's 29. She's coming over for, for a few days and next week. So I'm really looking forward to seeing her. But yeah, those distractions go. Um, but they're nice distractions. Take, you know, mummy, 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 go off and spend half an hour with them. You can always come back. Uh, yeah, mummy, 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 the dogs pooed. I uh, know, you'll have to deal with that themselves. That's daddy. That's, that's the answer mummy, to that mummy, one. I've slipped in the puppy wee and now he's biting me. You've got two parents, child. You have two parents. And like, yeah, that's not the same. Mummy, 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 will you braid my hair? I quite like. <laughs> oh, mummy, I've dropped the bottle of tomato ketchup and it's gone everywhere. I'm just like, oh this is my life this is my life you chose it yeah absolutely (laughs) enjoy um anyway so I hope that helps with people that are struggling with motivation and productivity not necessarily to given lots and lots of tips but to understand that actually it does get better you do need to just stick at it um yeah we've talked around the subject quite a bit today haven't we we have yeah I like a good sort of rambling podcast I hope that hopefully it's helpful if you did like it give us some feedback if you thought we rambled too much yeah don't worry about the feedback tell us another time and (laughs) we'll speak to you all soon